Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Beth Raff to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Beth, um, take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about your start with the library. Well, I actually be- began my education career uh, 25 years ago in elementary education. I have a master's degree from Rutgers University and I taught fifth grade most of that time. Okay. And then several years ago, I decided that I love the library. I love books. I'm going to go and get a master's degree. So I got my master's from Rutgers Graduate School of Communication and Information, where I earned a master of information. Okay. And I've, this will, this will be my uh, fourth uh, year in the school library. I'm working in a different district district from the one I taught in. I'm okay. working in uh, Parsippany, New Jersey at Mount Tabor Elementary School with students in grades K through five. Okay, very good. And so tell our audience about um, what which state you're from and, and what does it take to become a librarian there? In New Jersey, there is a requirement for a master's degree. And if you are not a certified educator, then you have to take three classes in education in addition to your master's classes. And you also have to um, do some kind of internship field study. Mm -hmm. Um, In my case, because I had advanced standing already being a teacher, I was employed um, without doing my field study. So my field study was my job. Oh, okay. All right. Which made things interesting. Yeah. <laughs> did that save you like a semester of time then? Since you were it there? did. It did. It allowed me to start working in September when the school year began. Okay. Uh, and then I just had to complete the course that, that went with the field study. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Okay. All right. So let's talk about... Um, you haven't been in the library for too long, long enough to have experience and everything, but, but what do you remember about those first couple of years? What were they like? Well, initially, I was just so excited and happy to be surrounded by books <laughs> all day in my library and sharing my passion. It, it was a big change going from being a classroom teacher and part of a team to being mm-hmm. the sole librarian in the school. Um, The other adjustment was working with the K2 population or the littles, as I call them. But honestly, they make me feel like a rock star when I see them (laughs) in the hallway in the morning. They all wave at me. They wave at me at dismissal. So and I can be really silly. So actually, I'm enjoying my time with them. And uh, I remember the harder part being making connections with all the staff, students, their families and admin. There were just so many names and faces. You know, the plus side of the job is that you work with every student in this school. But the negative to that is trying to remember. (laughs) And that does get easier. My my background was elementary libraries also, you know, so after a few years, you're only learning the new kids, you know, that are coming in. So, you know, that gets better. (laughs) Correct. Correct. I also work on a, a fixed schedule. So I see them once a week for 45 minutes every week. Okay. 
All right. So Beth, if you, when you're thinking back to that time, is there any kind of advice that your younger professional self um, would have, that it would have really helped you? I think I should have become a librarian sooner. It's the best <laughs> job yeah. in the world. It's the heart of the school. And I wish I had started out sooner. Yeah. Um, in terms of more specific advice, I would say, instead of uh, thinking more globally about collaboration, try to work with individual teachers, find some, some people that are open yeah. um, to collaborating and letting you help them. And, and then the, it will spread after that. Okay. So I think that was, you know, I might've been a little over ambitious in graduate school. They kind of emphasized the collaboration piece but in reality, and I know this from being a classroom teacher, classroom teachers have a lot on their plate. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so I think um, working uh, with a few teachers and then growing from there uh, is really helpful. Um, also, don't be afraid to ask for help mm -hmm. um, and ask anybody. You go back, I go back to my grad school professors. I worked with Dr. Joyce Valenza and she oh, is wow. always, always there. <laughs> always there for me yes. if I need help and I have there are nine other elementary school librarians in my district okay. so I could not have done it or survived the pandemic without them okay very good very good um, any, any other tips you could think of right now I think also um getting tr training or becoming more familiar with your school library management system. Yeah. I had Alexandria okay. um, and I think that I really didn't have any official training on it. I kind of learned by doing and there were a lot of times where Yes, I, I called that 800 number for mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot that your library management system can do and I'm not sure that I utilized it to its utmost in yeah. the beginning. Um, and now we are switching to Follow Destiny. So okay. I, along with my colleagues, will be learning something brand new. Okay. So I'm excited about that, actually. Yeah, that is exciting. And it, I'm so thankful that nowadays there, there is something like YouTube, you know, with all of these videos that even, you know, librarians are making videos, you know, showing their tips and tricks on things. So not just the basic how to, you know, that you would think of, you know, like how to check out a book, but they, they really get into some details, you know, on, you know, running some awesome reports or, you know, just doing some really cool things that, that you might not have ever thought about. So. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Being able to curate lists and things to share with teachers and students. Mm -hmm. Although I did learn some of that because we used the Mac and Via Okay. system um, a bit during the pandemic. Yeah. So um, I know there is the capacity for that and how powerful it is. Okay, very good. All right, Beth, at this point, a lot of people are, are wrapping up their summertime, depending on where you live, you might start in August, you know, instead of September. Um, so what have you done this summer that's kind of helping you get ready for next year? Well, I think the best advice came from one of my NGZL colleagues, Steve Tatro, in his Knowledge Quest article, and that was relax and okay. focus on yourself. Yes. And I think uh, until it ended in June, I don't think you really realized how intense the year was um, until you come off of it. And so I think I've, I've actually taken more time to not do Good. library related things Good. than in the past. But I um, continue to read widely 
Um, I just read Samira Surf's A Verse Novel by Rukshana Gudros about a girl who had refugee from Burma to Bangladesh. Wow. It's written in verse, which is one of my favorite formats. Okay. And I love I love to read about other cultures. I also professionally read Life Literacy and the Pursuit of Happiness by Dr. Don Vu. It's okay. a scholastic uh, imprint, and he is going to be uh, speaking at our NJZL annual conference this year. Wow. And it's about working with refugees and uh, ELL students. Okay. Very and he has a, a lot of really practical advice. So I continue to read. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, I would say thinking about SEL and community building that I think in most schools, that is what we'll be focusing on in those first six I weeks. I, I know my principal is working on um, a school-wide theme and I will be sure to you know, bring my library into whatever that theme is. Good, that's good. I love it when there is a school theme like that because it makes it so much easier, you know, to, to find your, your niche, you know, within that, so. Yes, I'm, I'm anxiously uh, awaiting what, what that's gonna be yeah. and thinking about how I can incorporate it into displays, bulletin boards, lesson planning, mm -hmm. you name it. That's good. Well, I'm glad you've had a summer of self-care. I think that's really gonna be, um, vitally important to so many people that they had a little mental break, you know, as well as a, a physical break, but just that mental time away. You know, from absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, talking about that pandemic, um, how would you say that it really changed you professionally? Well, I think it forced us all to work harder on making and keeping connections mm -hmm. in my school um, this year we worked hard on building the reading community, especially okay. since um, my students were not able to come into, we were on a hybrid schedule. So we had about half our students at home, okay. half in school in two different cohorts, but we were not able to check out books for most of that time. Okay. So how can we keep building our reading community? Um, we came up with a uh, in working with my principal, we called it hashtag read with the wolf pack where oh, the timber wolves. Yeah. And it so happened that she got a timber wolf uh, mascot outfit, the fifth grade <laughs> gifted to the school last year. <laughs> okay. And so one day, the phys ed teacher put the wolf pack, the wolf costume on, and mm -hmm. we came into my library and the principal read um, a book with a wolf theme in it. Oh my and the, the, at one point, the wolf jumped up behind her and it was just really fabulous. We also had a first grade teacher read a nonfiction book about wolves with the mascot next to her. Okay. I did the introduction outside with our uh, mascot um, ceramic sculpture and the mascot next to me yeah. and we had someone from the PTA they sold um, kind of like Build-A-Bear yeah. but they sold um, a wolf a stuffed wolf so, and they got sent to the kids houses who ordered them and wow. they made those so it was really exciting and I got to share a curated list of books that have that wolf theme in them somehow wow. um, we also did world read aloud day and I connected all 17 classroom teachers with 17 different 
authors. Oh my goodness, wow. And yes, it was quite a scheduling ordeal. Um, Kate Mester has that great list on her website and I just jumped in there and started making connections and told the teachers I would arrange everything and handle the, uh, the Google Meet call for them. And we had just so much fun with that. That was amazing. And some teachers had never experienced an author visit before. And I think now they will be very open. Wanted, yeah. <laughs> going forward. Um, we also always do Read Across America. And in the couple of years I've been there, we're trying to shift uh, away from Dr. Seuss towards the NEA suggested kind of multicultural SEL type themes. And we had, I managed to get our guest readers to videotape themselves um, or use Loom or Google Meet. And then I curated them uh, mm -hmm. together in, might've been a wakelet, I can't remember, um, and shared that with the entire school community. Okay. So that was really good. And we also uh, do, with the help of our PTA sponsoring it, we have virtual author visit, one for each grade level, K to five, by Trinka Hakes Noble, who is a New Jersey, uh, not a New Jersey native, but she's a New Jersey treasure for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, she tailored each presentation about an hour um, for the appropriate grade level. Okay. Um, we also did uh, a battle of books that I had uh, helped write a grant for, and we weren't able to do the previous spring. So five of our 10 schools participated with our fifth graders, and okay. we did it, we did it virtually. Okay. <laughs> it was, right. it was, it was amazing. Okay. Um, and finally, we kept a partnership with our Parsippany Public Library. Uh, they did a winter, kind of like the summer reading program. They did it um, using Beanstack, I think. Um, and they came in and virtually met with me and my classes to talk about it, to encourage okay. the reading. And we did it again in June um, before school ended. Wow. So it sounds like the pandemic then really, you focused in on that role of, of you being the reading guide on the guide's not a great word but my, my principal used to call me the reading quarterback you know that's what he would call me um but how you took that role and you just really let it explode you know into all these opportunities for the kids and that that is so exciting that you were that creative you know and bringing that all around so that's awesome. it was great my principal and uh, supervisor and administration were really supportive they would always agree to read if I asked them to read mm -hmm. and when they hired me they were looking for what they called a, a, a book goddess okay. uh, <laughs> they wanted they you know they they do the reading workshop um, in language arts classes and they were just really looking to uh, for someone who could help infuse that via the library and given that I had been an ELA teacher in elementary, that wasn't hard for me to do. Yeah. But this gave me kind of almost carte blanche to really think outside the box and the pandemic kind of forced me to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. If I ruled the world, and of course I don't, that's all I would have wanted for during the pandemic that schools, especially elementary, if they, if they just would have read the whole time. You know, I think that could have done remarkable things, you know, for so many of them. But. I think so. And also, um, and I think my district realized that and just the interactions that I had, I was teaching virtually um, 
most of the year with, with my media students and by grade level, not by class. Yeah. And I would say that at least 10 to 15 minutes was spent on, oh, show me your artwork. Oh, is that your little brother? Yeah. Is that your yeah. dog? Yeah. Um, and it was really important to them to be able to make the connection, especially for those students that were 100% virtual. Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right. So our, our influence as librarians, you know, we've always had a great influence on campus. You know, we we impact so many different things um, and you're feel free to talk about that if you want to. But was there anything in particular that you would say your influence was kind of changed during this pandemic time? I think I learned being that it was it was my third year in the library. So half of more than half about half my experience has been during pandemic, um, is not to overwhelm the students, the staff, or the parents with information. Yeah. They just, you know, quickly, I began to realize they don't have time to read a lot. They mm -hmm. just need very focused information. So we began to, you know, feed things in very small tidbits, like making a Loom video. This is how you access epic from our clever uh, system yeah. because a lot of the a lot of their issues had to do with connecting with resources and we did use epic and we did have um, ebooks through uh, Mackin, Mackin's consortium New Jersey and Pennsylvania and they needed instruction in that and okay. even even sending things about from the public library, it had to be in very small doses. Okay, so you were really like an information hub, and then you learned about keeping it short and sweet, so that not to overwhelm. That's good. Yes, yes, absolutely, right. absolutely. All right. So um, you talked a lot about um, being connected, you know, just on your campus, but I, I know that another part of that is us being connected, you know, professionally. So talk a little bit more about that. What, what is your take on how librarians need to be connected? Well, um, I am a, an executive board member of NJASL, the New Jersey Association of School Librarians. And I have been a part of that group uh, since I was in graduate school. Wow. With the encouragement of Dr. Valenza, there was a student NJASL group and I got involved that way. But one thing I have uh, taken on, I've taken on a lot in NJASL, but with the help of many others, that school librarians are a necessity, not a luxury. Mm -hmm. And that's thanks to, I believe, Beth Thomas, our current president of our state organization. Mm -hmm. um, we really need to advocate for school librarians, and we're seeing that in lots of places. We are, NJASL's working with every library and getting out there to advocate to uh, prevent job loss and to make sure that people know what we're doing. So uh, through joining my state association, uh, I was nominated for ALA Emerging Leaders and I had the opportunity to participate in that oh. in 2019. Okay. And yeah, it was amazing. I, I got to work with uh, four other um, school librarians from across the country. We are still in touch with each other. Mm -hmm. We put together a infographic and, um, and some other activ activity guide called Developing Inclusive Learners and Citizens. And it's published and available on the um, ALA, AASL website. 
Okay. I'll look and, for a link to share on it. See if I can find one. Oh, I can absolutely share one with okay. you. And we got to present at AASL in Louisville. So that, and we presented with Ellen O. Yeah. Uh, who talks about we need diverse books and it was an amazing amazing experience um also um i had i got the opportunity to run our spring conference virtually this past march okay. and i got to connect with a lot of librarians and authors and illustrators um, and bring them you know to our community yeah. Um, I've also, I also feel it's really important to keep up on what's going on professionally. So, you know, I make sure to uh, attend webinars. Um, I go to local book festivals, nerd camps, all things that I've been missing during COVID. Um, and also working with my colleagues in other, um, in other buildings, we've developed a, a text group of all 10 of us. And I don't think there was a day that went by in the pandemic that we didn't talk to each other, whether it was just encouragement, like <laughs> keep your head up um, or help. How do I make a video to explain this? Or yeah. have you made the video to explain this? And there was a lot of sharing that went on and collaboration um, that was really, really important. Okay. But again, we need to make sure that everyone out there knows what we're doing. Um, one thing that I have done is create an annual report mm -hmm. um, of the library and shared things like circulation statistics and guest authors, um, collab collaborative projects. And that went as far as my you know, superintendent mm -hmm. uh, in terms of sharing. And I think it's really important that people know what we're doing. We're also serving an incredible purpose here in an age of, uh, digital and media literacy being very important. Mm -hmm. Teaching our kids this year did a unit on uh, fake news with my fourth and fifth graders, um, helping them do research and learn about copyright, mm -hmm. all kind of skills. I mean, I've talked a lot about book love and reading community, but I'm also doing those other, those other things. That's awesome. And that, you know, I know the pandemic, again, brought a lot of our hidden skills, you know, to the front, you know, making us more visible. But but I love, too, that you're finding ways like like your end of the year report, you know, or other things that you're going to do that that really bring forward um, and, and showcase our strengths. You know, things that we do that make us unique, you know, from just a, a classroom teacher who might not focus on those things. So that's good. All right, so many, many of my listeners are uh, early career librarians. Um, do you have any kind of first steps for them that you can, like, I can't believe how involved you were in ALA that early on. <laughs> so I've had really some, I've had some really great mentors. Thanks to Christina Cucci, who nominated me on behalf of NGZL. Um, She's a wonderful K2 librarian in New Jersey. And everyone else that I've met there that's kind of mentored me along the way and continues to. Um, but I, I don't think I'd be able to, to do the things I've done or have the confidence to do the things I've done without those mentors and connections. Yeah. So one thing I want to share is something that Dr. Valenza said to us a lot as graduate students, and that's think about 
what keeps your principal up at night. Mm-hmm. Um, not just your principal, but your admin, your parents, your students. Mm-hmm. How can you best serve their needs as the librarian? Um, and so I think that advice is always in the back of my head when I'm working in the library. If I see something happening in in the school um, or there's a committee to join that's school-wide, I've kind of jumped in because I think the library is the heart of the school and we need to be involved in um, what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Very good points. All right. So any other kind of first steps for the um, early career people? I think um, staying connected, um, being using social media. Twitter has been my go-to for connecting with other librarians Mm -hmm. and also connecting with authors and illustrators. Um, My husband jokes with me, but I've won a lot of books that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our house looks like a library to begin with, but it's it's been through Twitter that I've made connections. Um, You know, I love, uh, John Shu was actually a, professor of mine at Rutgers. And so I I got connected with him, which is an amazing connection. I've also, um, you know, made connections with authors and illustrators, not just locally, but um, in other places as well. And I follow uh, other groups, uh, young authors that are debuting. I follow Mm -hmm. those groups as well. And on Instagram, I review um, the middle grade books that I read. I happen to really love middle grade books. And so I started um, reviewing um, under Raf Reads, mm-hmm. uh, those things. And I think one thing I, I'm going to aim to do is to increase my social uh, media connection with parents because my students are too young right. at this point to be on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I need to work on uh, finding a way to connect with families and parents, yeah. but the Instagram helps me connect with authors as well as other librarians. Yeah, I, I have heard of where librarians will use like an iPad that's not turned, the Wi-Fi is not on, <laughs> so the kids can't do anything with the pictures, but they let the kids take pictures throughout the day of what's going on in the library. Uh, like a kid's perspective of things. And then the librarian uses those pictures for Instagram or different things to, to share out. So that might be one, one strategy to try. So, That's great. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, Thank you. Know, I, I would never have time to stop and take pictures, you know, too busy teaching, you know, and do, doing stuff, but, um, but having the kids do it um, and you would hopefully recognize the pictures of what they're taking, but <laughs> But um, yes. You know, anyway, we're just a child's eye view, you know, of what's going on in the library. So, all right. Well, Beth, Beth you've shared a whole lot with us about what you do um, to to keep learning and growing in this field, and I'm, I'm sure that some of our listeners are going to want to connect with you. So, where will they find you online? I am online at Twitter at at graph 5k that used to be my teaching team 5k. Oh. So I've just kind of kept that yeah. that handle. On Facebook, it's just Beth Rath. And on Instagram, I am on Rath Reads. Okay. You can also uh, follow um, or connect with njazel.org if you're in New Jersey, or even if you're not. And uh, 
our website is growing all the time in terms of resources and information. Awesome. And I, I can't believe it never dawned on me before to intentionally check out other states, um, state chapters of, of their ASL, um, of, of their chapter of AS, ASL. Sorry, I'm having trouble speaking today. But I have <laughs> never thought about looking for resources specifically. Um, so when you just said that, it just dawned on me, oh my goodness, I have so many other places I can go to, you know, just to look and see what that, that state is focusing on or what they're supporting, what their big interest is. So um, I, I know that there is a link to all the other state chapters. So I'll, I will include that in the show notes, show notes also in case any of the listeners want to see about that. So that's super. Thanks. So Beth, it's been fun chatting with you today. I appreciate your, your insight and I wish you the very best as the, the incoming vice president of a, of the New Jersey ASL. <laughs> you got uh, so many years ahead of you and I, I know you're going to be doing some great things there. So thanks a lot for investing your time and, and your energy in that. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye-bye.